Readers Entertainment Radio presents Book Lights with your host, author Lisa Kessler. Book Lights, where we're shining a light on good books. Hello, everyone. I hope you have all recovered from your turkey coma from Thanksgiving, if you're listening from the U.S., and I hope you had a wonderful holiday. Now we're racing toward the end of the year. I can't believe it. What is time? Uh, Ever since the plague, it's the longest time and the shortest time, all at the same, all at the same moment. But I'm super glad you're here with us today because today we have thriller mystery author Stephen L. Brayton on. And if you haven't read his books yet, I will go ahead and read his bio so you can get to know him. Stephen L. Brayton is a six-degree black belt and certified instructor with over 30 years of experience in the American Taekwondo Association. He began writing as a child. His first story concerned a true incident about his reactions to discipline. I'm sure we all have those kind of stories. Um, <laughs> during his early 20s, while working for a Kiwanee, Illinois radio station, he wrote a fantasy-based story and a trilogy for a comic book. He has been involved in broadcasting, trucking, hospitality, newspaper graphic design, and a pre-press camera operator at a publishing company. He has written numerous short stories, both horror and mystery. And I did put a link to Stephen's website right there on the Blog Talk site. If you're listening, <laughs> if you're listening now, or if you're listening later, you can click that anytime. He has a really um, busy blog over there. He's a big blogger. So go check that out and see what he's up to. In the meantime, I don't want to waste any more time. Are you there, Stephen? Oh, yes. Thank you for having me. Ah, thanks for coming on. And you're in Iowa, right? Is, is it chilly right now? It is. Uh, my thermometer says 52. We're going through a warming trend right now. <laughs> See, I can tell you're from the Midwest. I'm a San Diego native, and I hear 52. I'm like, oh, I need two coats. <laughs> no, I've walked so out with, uh, without a coat and, or a sweatshirt <laughs> today, so it's it's not bad. It's supposed to be up near 70 today or uh, That's on amazing. Thursday. Yeah. That's amazing. You guys are going to be wearing shorts and flip-flops. <laughs> Some people will, yes. <laughs> so you have a new book out called New Year Gone, just in time for the new year, by the way. Do you want to tell readers about it and why they should run out and grab a copy? Sebastian Habeck is a world-weary, probably stereotypical, uh, hard-boiled detective, the drinker-smoker, and he is uh, searching for his uh, former niece uh, who has gone missing, who went missing over New Year's Eve. Ah, and why is she a former niece? Well, his ex-wife, who is also his secretary and financial uh, investor and landlord, they were. Oh. It's his. It's her niece. So that oh, has okay. gone missing, and uh, he doesn't want to do it. And he gets involved with a lot of shady characters, and there's all kinds of inter complexities and intricacies and connections and who knows how they all connect up together and he's it's his job to find it find out about it and so his uh his ex-wife who's also his landlord and everything else does she play into the book also she is always pretty hard-nosed against him 
doesn't like his drinking, doesn't like his smoking, doesn't like his lackadaisical attitude. Throughout the book, she softens up a little bit toward him because even though he doesn't really want to do the case, once he gets involved with the case, he really cares about it and will persevere and find out about what's going on and, 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 and seek to find out the, the truth about everything. And so she softens up to him as the, the book goes along. Oh, nice. Is this going to be a series? Is he going to be a detective in other books for you? Right now it's a, it's a one-shot deal. I have ideas for future stories with him. The problem that I run into it is very complex type of stories. I based, the, I based this off of the old Ross McDonald uh, mysteries, the Lou Archer mysteries, where he has a lot of characters that all connect to each other in some way. And it's all a big spider web. And I wanted, to, I wanted to write something like that. So to write another like that would take some real time and, and real brain power. <laughs> okay, so, so I'll make that a hard maybe. Yeah, sure. That, that, yeah, sure. <laughs> so, so this is not your, your first mystery procedural type thing because you have the Mallory Peterson series too, right? Is that series still ongoing? Yes, that is ongoing. And you want to tell everybody about that one? Mallory Peterson is a fourth-degree black belt and private investigator in Des Moines, and she solves all kinds of cases. She is uh, an action-packed, strong female protagonist. So if you like that type of, of character, these are the books for you. Uh, I have three in the series that are published right now, and they're called Alpha, Beta, and Delta. And the next one is the fourth in the series, Gamma, will be released uh, January 3rd. Oh, okay. So, so you have one that's New Year gone, and then you have one right after the New Year. <laughs> yeah, come out right after, yes. Right? Yes, Mallory, Pe- yeah, Mallory Peterson, uh, she's fun, lovey, quirky. Um, she's got uh, – most of the books are – a lot of serious cases. You have one main serious case, and then the, the seriousness is tempered by a lot of uh, humorous cases. She takes on assignments to go find lost animals or uh, follow cheaters, and something always happens that ends up humorous. So it, it, the, the okay. humor tempers that serious, serious side of her. And I was going to ask you if Taekwondo influences your writing at all, but it sounds like she has a little bit of you in there, right? There is a lot of me in there. I, uh, <laughs> about four years after I started the training, the writing bug hit me again pretty seriously, and I wanted to create a character that would be a private investigator martial artist, and I had thought about resurrecting a character from many years ago, I had written a short story about him. Sam P. Peterson was his name. He lived in the Quad Cities. And I thought about resurrecting him. However, after going to black belt camps and tournaments and training sessions, I saw all these beautiful, wonderful women in the sport. And I thought, no, this has to be a woman in the main character. So I just made her a couple of degrees 
higher than I was in rank. Uh, she is a whole lot better martial artist than I am and a whole lot better instructor. <laughs> but there is a lot of me in her. Okay. Okay. I love that. And uh, when you're writing these series, are you a big-time plotter, or do you write by the seat of your pants? To, are you just as excited about the next twist as everyone else? A little bit of both. I do plot. I I cannot write the pantsing style. I think it's like going through a dark cave with only a match, and you, you're not sure where, <laughs> the, you know, where the next wall you're going to bump into is. So the, the problem is that I run into is I, I run into a lot of time factors for my books, how to fill up a day. And so when I'm outlining, I try to fill up the day was substantive material rather than just quitting at you know noon and going home. Well, what happened? Did, does she not do anything else until 8 a.m. the next morning? That doesn't seem quite realistic. So a lot of the books are are very short in time period uh, wise. They may last maybe a week for the main story, maybe two days for the main story. Then some after story may take some some more time. But to fill up that day is always a big challenge. <laughs> right. Yeah, when I write, sometimes I, I'm more of a pantser, and so sometimes I get about halfway and I have to go, wait, how long has this been going on? <laughs> I have to go back and figure out my timeline after I've already written my timeline <laughs> so that I can know how many, how many days have passed. <laughs> you bet. I keep the – I do an outline, like I said, uh, but I keep it fluid enough that I – hopefully can add stuff to it if need be. I can fill in some time periods. So you're a little flexible if a cool idea comes up for you. Right, right. And I'm not, I'm not locked into that outline uh, where right. I have, I'm rigidly set. I can, I can adjust it a little bit. Oh, this doesn't work? Well, let's change this around. Or, oh, I need to add this character. Uh, let's go back, back and make some backstory and add those scenes in. So those are fairly easy. Nice. And you've done a whole bunch of very different jobs through your life. And I know, because I know a lot of writers, that that can sometimes be typical, and we get so many ideas from all these different lives that we lead. How much does that play into what you've written so far? Well... That's a good question. I don't know if a lot of my previous employment shows up in the books. I know the graphic design does in a in a future book that's coming out in March. It's the would be the fifth in the Mallory Peterson story. That that plays into it because one of the characters who has been a minor character in most of the other books, he gets his own spotlight. He gets his own story in this one. So I use a little bit of my personal experience from graphic design and a personal uh, incident that happened to me, uh, and I put that in the book for him. So there, there has been a lot. Most of the time the ideas or some of the scenes or characters come from people I just meet in everyday life. Right, situations that you come up against just – just walking through your day. Sure, sure. It uh, a lot of them come through uh, the research for the book. 
if uh, I if I run into a a rude secretary, hey, you go in the book. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you write mysteries, so be careful; they might get killed. <laughs> well, yes, that's the that's the that's the old adage. Uh, I have a um, a friend who was a couple of class classes below me in high school. She used to work out at the zoo. So for this new book that's coming out in January uh, entitled Gamma, she one of the scenes takes place at the zoo. Well, she had worked at the zoo for a long time, and when I moved up to the Des Moines area, I called her and I said, hey, I need some information. And she took me on a special tour, kind of behind the scenes. We got to see a lot of things that the public don't uh, aren't allowed to see. And I managed to get a whole lot of environment and the some of the some of the stuff that uh, like I said the public doesn't get to see that goes in the book as, as does the, the character who is my class who is the classmate oh she gets to be in the book does she know she gets to be in the book well she doesn't know that she's in the book but I said uh, when I thanked her I said hey when this gets published you will get a free copy so, oh, nice. <laughs> so when I get my copies, I have to track her down. She's no longer at the zoo, but uh, shouldn't be hard to, to shouldn't be hard to find. Nice. Uh, and you also wrote. Everybody who is a regular listener knows that I write paranormal romances and horror, and I enjoy the paranormal very much. And you wrote a supernatural thriller called Night Shadows. Do you want to tell everybody about that one? A long time ago, I was working overnight, and one of the programs that I used to listen to on our local, um, on the Des Moines AM station, was Coast to Coast AM, and it used to be hosted by uh, Art Bell. It's now hosted by George Norrie with a lot of guest hosts every now and then. They talk about science, a dabble of politics, but not talk show politics type of thing. A lot of metaphysics, physics, uh, astronomy, but the majority of the, the programs are about ghosts and Bigfoot, UFOs, aliens, and the supernatural, and uh, they have ghost-to-ghost AM where the people call in and tell their ghost stories. And <laughs> one of the series, one of the shows that I listened to talked about the appearance of shadow creatures that people will see at night standing at the foot of their bed or hovering above them in bed or mm-hmm. hovering outside their their second floor window. And some are friendly, some are maybe, you know, portend danger. I don't know. It, it all depends on the, the different case. My creative mind said, wow, what if those shadows started killing people? So I, the story just laid itself out from there. The characters just rolled out. The plot just rolled itself out. And I, I, ha, I didn't have too much problems outlining the thing. So oh, it is that sounds a, Yeah. So Harry Resnick is a Des Moines homicide uh, detective, and he pairs with FBI agent Lori Campisi. So it's a little bit of an X-Files type of parallel. And thereafter, the uh, truth about these shadow creatures. Oh, my gosh. And is that one a series, or is that just a standalone? I want to make that a series. And I have the next book written. 
Uh, it's called Night of Wine and Ghosts, and where Night Shadows goes into Campisi's background, part of the plot is that Campisi's unique quirk or um, issue is that she has no memory of her life before age 12. She woke up, as it were, in an alley in El Paso, and she doesn't have any idea what her life was before that. Well, this uh, horror story brings back those memories and brings back what happened back then. So that one, yeah, Night Shadows goes into her background. In Night of Wine and Ghosts, I want to make Resnick the feature player and go back into his ancestry where he has to deal with a curse that has been put upon his family. But would that be, is that going to be in another book? That would be another book. Yeah, that's The Night of oh, Winding okay. Ghost. Oh, okay. So, yeah, that, that's written, and I'm just waiting to send it down to an editor, and then I'll start uh, putting it out for submission. Exciting. All right. And do you have fun writing? For me, I love writing paranormal because I love that I get to world build and I get to make the rules and all that kind of thing because you're adding supernatural aspects to the book. Did you find that freeing or was that a little scary compared to, you know, the hard-boiled private eye books? I wouldn't say scary, <laughs> apropos, uh, <laughs> but uh, it is a, a little bit of a challenge because I want to do a little bit of research into whatever I'm working with. Uh, I don't uh, want to have a typical vampire story if I'm, if I'm going to write that person in. I want to have something a little bit different. Uh, in, in, in fact, in one of the books, uh, let me see if I can remember which one it is. It's the third in the series that I have sort of outlined. I, I'm not sure I've gotten it uh, completely done. There is a quote-unquote vampire in the book, and I'm trying to work it uh, work it around to its it, – it's not a major part of the book, but – the, the character shows up, and I want something a little bit different than your typical Dracula-type uh, image. Right. So mm-hmm. there's a little bit of research. There's a little bit of, of thinking to do. How can I make this a little bit different? How can I make this a little bit scarier? How far do I want to go to where people aren't going to get turned off by graphic violence or profanity or anything like that? Um, so that's always a good challenge. But I think it, uh, writing is fun – if I'm in, if I'm if I'm into a book, it's fun no matter what the the, the topic is. It could be are there any, mysteries, it could be horror, it could be anything. Are there any genres that you haven't tried yet that you're dying to that you're dying to try? You have a little idea hiding in a drawer. Yeah. Romance. Uh, oh. I have a. I'm not a big romance reader or fan per se, but I had an idea that popped into my head several years ago and I wrote sort of a, I think I wrote half about half an outline and even started writing a little bit. But then I got up to the point where I needed the female point of view, which makes mm-hmm. it sound kind of weird because I write Mallory Peterson is the female. So I write from her point of right. view. 
Right. So with her, it's not too difficult. When she gets into romantic situations, I just think about what I feel and just put it mm-hmm. into her. Right. So, and, it, and it seems to work. With this particular romantic story, I got lost, and I was unsure. So I was hoping to find a partner out there to collaborate that I could discuss the idea with, and, and she could take, say, the, the female point of view, and I could take the male point of view. Oh, there you go, a writing partner. Have you ever written right. a book with somebody before? A short story. We wrote a short story. Uh, a woman and I wrote a short story several years ago. It uh, turned into a little bit of a a, uh, a horror or supernatural type story. I don't know where. I, I have to go back and look through my memory uh, sticks to find out where that story is. I'm not sure where it is anymore uh, because it might be good to put in an anthology. I think it would be would be good for that. Uh, the yeah. only other time I've written a story with uh, another person, it actually was with a group. I am part of a Thursday night critique, writer's critique group. We meet at the winery south of Knoxville every Thursday. And several years ago, the moderator said, let's write a story. So we all discussed for almost a year, I think, developing the plot, the characters. We handed out chapters to everybody to write. And uh, we went on from there. The problem was with so many people writing, some of the outline sort of fell apart. We had continuity issues, and the whole project just sort of died. However, mm-hmm. this spring, after I had finished a draft of one of the stories and was looking around for a new project to, to write, I came across this old story that we had all written together and dug it out brushed it off, started putting things in order, and rewriting chapters, writing chapters, adding stuff to it. I'm just trying to get a first draft done, and then I can go back and really do some editing uh, throughout the whole thing. And I'm almost done with that first draft. Oh, that'll be neat. So will it still have the content written by everyone, or are you rewriting the whole thing? No, it will still be... uh, uh, attributed to everybody. I'm just revising what has already been written and adding new material as needed. Okay. That would be interesting because I would think everyone has a different voice when they write. So how do you maintain that for a whole book? That would be interesting. That was a, that was a challenge. But it has been so long that most of what has been written I can't tell who wrote the, the chapter originally, including my own. Oh. There were a few chapters. Wow. I don't remember if I wrote them. Uh, there were a <laughs> couple. Uh, the, the only chapters I knew who uh, the author was mentioned uh, that the main character smoked a cigar, and this guy was into cigars, so I said, well, Bob wrote this chapter, so <laughs> that's the only one. <laughs> Otherwise... It's pretty good, and I've changed. I did have to change around some language every now and then for the voice to be uh, consistent throughout. But that wasn't the right. that wasn't a big challenge. Oh, how neat! Are you guys going to publish it? Do you think in the end, or is it just a labor of love for the group? 
No, I think we're. I think I'm trying to get it around to where it can be a a, a decent book to to submit somewhere. Oh well, wow! I, How cool! Yeah. Once I get it uh, edited, then I'll probably present it back to the group for their opinion, for their input, and then we can kind of go on from there. So it's to, it's a time consuming process. It it won't be out uh, it won't be out next year, but uh, uh, I'm I'm going to keep working on it. That's cool. How many people are in the group? How many how many authors will be on the book? Oh my gosh. I don't know if we're going to list individual authors because some of those people aren't around anymore. They they moved on to other things. Uh we'll probably just attribute it to the Marion County Writers Workshop. And the group oh, has okay. about maybe a dozen members if everybody shows okay. up. Okay. <laughs> right, right. If you can get everybody in the same room at the same time. Right. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you because in your bio it mentions the um, trilogy of comics. Do you still envision writing any comics? Have you do you draw too, or do you have uh, somebody who illustrates it for you? Well, that was the problem that I had back then. I finished my part of it, which was the writing part, and I had presented it over to the illustrator, who unfortunately. Um, couldn't finish it. Uh, oh, didn't really okay. get a good start on it. So it, to do that, I would want somebody who is committed to getting a project done. I think still think it's a pretty decent idea. Um, it's not. It would be pretty low on the on on the scale for for what I want to do. Yeah, for priorities. Right. Well, what is what is next for you? What what's coming up next? I mean, I know you said you have a a book coming out in January, but what are you writing right now? Uh, about two scenes left in this uh, collaborative book, uh, tentatively entitled "The Peace Tree." I have about two scenes left to write in it. I am currently writing the next two in the Mallory Peterson story, uh, the series. I have two stories going on that that I'm writing sort of at the same time. Once I get stuck with one, I jump to another, and then I jump back. And and what right now I'm in the middle of trying to figure out, uh, once again, how to fill the day, uh, how to fill the word count. Everything seems to be moving along pretty pretty quickly in the in both stories, and I don't know what to do with it. So. Talking over with a writer friend who she and I get together uh, most every week, and we just bounce ideas off one another, and she gave me some ideas to work with. So now I just have to sort them all out and and find the way to make it work. Oh, that's very cool. Have you found that um, during the – the plague times has was it a challenge for you to keep writing, or did it enhance it because now you could stay in your writing cave without any without any distractions? A little bit of both. Uh, we went to Zoom meetings. I'm I'm actually part of two writers critique groups. One still meets by Zoom, unfortunately. Uh, the other meets mostly by Zoom, but I tend to show up at the winery every week and hoping other people will join me. But uh, I found it a little bit easier to do some writing because I could um, figure out times, you know, figure out my time throughout the day, you know, after work, before work, whenever. 
so that never changed really um i usually got up very early and wrote for a couple of hours before i went to work right and did you um I'm guessing then you weren't like a coffee shop writer because most of my friends who really struggled were people who liked to go write out where there's people so they can people watch and that became not available and they had to stay home and that was a challenge. But it sounds like you write at home if you're writing early in the morning anyway. Right. In fact, I actually, when we worked in the office, I, like I said, I woke up early and went down there to the office. It's empty, it's dark, it's quiet, oh. he's around to bother me, and I wrote there. Uh, no, I'm not okay. a coffee shop writer per se. Once again, my friend and I meet every week, and we do some writing so I can I can adapt. It's not bad as long as we, you know, don't chat back and forth too much, and we actually, you know, take up our pens and write. Right, but, actually write. <laughs> yeah. Well, we are rapidly running out of time, so I wanted to find out how readers can get in touch with you with after they read the books and they're excited about it. Are you on social media? Should they go to your website? How, how do you like readers to get in contact? You bet. Uh, you, you mentioned my blog. That's a great place to, to check out every week. Um, I write a weekly blog that relates somehow to whatever is going on in my life to writing and specifically more more specifically to my books. You can check me out on Facebook and uh, it's slash Stephen Brayton author if you look on there. And right now I'm, I don't have a particular specific website, but I'm working on one. Oh, okay, great. Well, everyone, be sure that you um, click the link and check out Stephen's blog or find him on Facebook. And thank you so much for being here today. It was great chatting with you. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, see you later. Good luck. Thanks for joining us on Book Lights. Be sure to connect with us at www.readersentertainment.com for articles, blogs, videos, and podcasts that matter to readers. Thank you.